part two of this right now. We're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. I'm doing a little bit of, uh, I'm just excited about what happened in the first episode. So if you haven't watched that, go back and watch all that episode. Uh, please do that. But we're in part three. This is the second half of part three. And I've got with me Jerry Barnett. Jerry, Jerry just told her story. And I've got Evelyn Jones, both of you guys here. And you guys both, what's interesting is Evelyn was kind of started in church and you kind of went backwards and got church and went back and your whole family got born into it. You both got saved and then you both got filled with the Holy Spirit. And what's interesting is both of you saw the fire of God hit you. (laughs) One in broad daylight in a camp and another hiding in a dark room. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't, what I'm inspired by is it doesn't matter really where you are. If you're hungry for God, God will meet you. Yeah. And he will disrupt your life and change it. And I really like what yeah. Evelyn said in the first half, how you kind of start with God one way and then it kind of grows because you've got that growing person. You, we're leaving our plants with her while we go on vacation next week because she's somebody that grows things. And so I love her picture that, you, you know, Christ starts one way and as you get hungry and grow and grow, you know, God's going to repot you and reset you. And I love your image of that. that I can see that as you're talking. And, and Jerry is, if you know Jerry, Jerry's a bang person. She's going to cut your hair, bang. She's going to... Bullets, bang, you know, God's going to hit her, bang. She, she's a go-getter. I it mean, takes a lot to get my attention. Yeah, it takes a lot to get her attention. So, so I, I mean, it just so fits. And then what I love it is both of you empowered to be servants of God. So we're excited about what we're going to talk about. Now I'm going to take you guys a little deeper because you guys have inspired me. It looks to me like what what both of you come up with Christ in your lives, but it looks to me like the, the invitation or the reception of the Holy Spirit in your life was like the game changer. Yeah. You know, it's not that you weren't saved. It just, it, it seems it right. created new, uh, incredible Catholic. What's interesting is both of you guys kind of come out of the lay witness mission thing, right? You mentioned lay witness mission out of the Methodist movement, the Zusa Street, right? And, and you as well, right? What, what, the connection of people being in the Holy Spirit. It's amazing when you look around this community, whether you go back to the roots of a lot of the churches, that Methodist lay witness mission thing that was happening in the Methodist Pentecostal movement in Azusa Street in the West, it had a unique impact on the spiritual realm of this region. And a lot of your friends on Tuesdays that are out here, that's why they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, that lay witness mission, whether it touched them or touched somebody connected to it, you can look in the genealogy of the spirit of it and you can find that. It's interesting that so many churches, I, I, you guys will know this, there'll be a lot, a lot of Methodist churches. People came back from that thing, got the Holy Ghost, and then got the right foot of disfellowship. Or they were no longer interested in them and you ended up not welcome or, or that Baptist church shut the door on you or that Methodist church where you were too radical or this and out of that came christian life center or came the the, the, book, bookshelf. the bookshelf the bookshelf which my grandparents went to right. my, the bookshelf uh community faith came came out of those loins there were a lot of movements that began to spawn because people that were touched by the holy ghost weren't necessarily able to talk about that the way they wanted to with their pastors that were like well, where'd they get all this enthusiasm you know and, and so there was a whole new culture spun up in Southern Illinois of people that got radically altered. And it actually put, I think it gave, there was a, a revival here of people getting saved. Yeah, my church came, was right. the same. DeCoin Christian Fellowship, Christian came, Fellowship came out of that as well. A lot of the pastors, uh, people came out of the Christian church, Baptist church, yeah. but they were meeting in separate unions because they could allow the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit could be talked about. 
Yeah. And you know, and so there's a and you look at the state of the denomination today, whether it be whether it be a Christian church or Baptist church or Methodist church or oh, there's a lot of churches that are really decreasing tremendously, almost almost completely not there. And you can see where a lot of them turn their back. I mean, they would they each day they I mean every service I was a group Methodist. You pray in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But it's like we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and don't let the Holy Spirit get get too far away. You know, you know they pray in the name of it, but they didn't really wanted to happen have you guys seen that have you seen the churches that chose to people that connected and churches that connected and then churches that disconnected what have you seen on that in the last 30 40 years just what you're describing i mean you're either in or you're out and it's not that the other people couldn't be christian in nature or are spiritual in nature but there's something about the fire and the witness and the and you said the power well, the Holy Spirit is yeah. he, he give you power to be a witness. Is that dunamis power? Yeah. Dunamis, yeah. Dunamis. And you get a hold of a stick of dynamite, something happens. You're going to know it. It's not. It's it's the Holy Ghost. I mean, it's dynamite power. Yeah. You ought to be able to tell something's happened to you. Yeah, you, know? you can see both of your stories yeah. just change. I mean, you can see what changes afterwards. And I, I just had no idea that that's what led, that whole movement led to this group that's still meeting here 50 years later or whatever. You know, you talk about, Okay, dynamite, dunamis can be a stick that blows up, but it can also be a power source that's nuclear that can propel Absolutely. something for 50 years. Right. You know, yeah. there's there's great ministries, great foundations, great relationships that have been made. And I think the Holy Ghost has a, a created a revival in this region. Now, I want to I want to throw something out to you just for discussion. I haven't thought through this so much, so forgive me uh -oh. if it's not well thought out. <laughs> but I see a breakdown in that again in the church today. I talk with pastors. Uh, right now, just to date us, we're in the July season, even though you're watching this probably much later in the year, we're recording this now. We just had, praise God, Roe v. Wade was turned down. We, we it, it, It's hurt our country for 50 years, the entire time of your Bible study. Roe v. Wade's been the kind of the law of the land, and, and to take the unborn life was is something the federal government endorsed, basically. And now our court finally said it's not going to endorse it any longer. Now, that hasn't fixed our state yet. That has, it's gone back to the state. So the states will now have to decide. We need to pray for revival in Illinois, pray for repentance in Illinois, and we need to pray that Illinois stands up for Jesus. Right. And every state now will have to make that decision. But there'll be a lot of states that are gonna, gonna shut that down. They're already shutting it down. Praise God. There'll be less children killed and, and, and all that stuff. So, you know, I celebrate that. I when that happened in our church, we had a Jubilee of Life Sunday and we celebrated Roe v. Wade. We not only celebrated that, but we celebrated we had people give testimony that have been healed since just the fact that life is there. Right. And we had great movement. And I had when I put the information out right before we were gonna do it, I had several pastors reach out. One said, Well, I, I wanna do that. Do you mind if I copy you? And I said, Go ahead. Called me back later and said, Well, I, I ran across my board and they thought that was a bad idea. Evelyn, they said it's a bad idea if we do Jubilee of Life Sunday because some of our people are on the other side of Roe v. Wade and they're hurt right now. And we don't think it's probably good to even talk about it because there'll be some for it and some again it. And so I've been told to just leave it alone. Another pastor said, well, the reason I retired and I'm not in the pulpit right now is because the last time something like this happened and it happened on, on marriage when they when they allowed uh, same-sex marriage in Illinois, uh, some of their people were... were well, even if we don't do it as a church, we shouldn't speak against it because, you know, love is love. And I said, well, no, love is not love. <laughs> you don't know the Greek. The Greek's got about seven different versions of love. And trust me, that love's not agape love. So, so, and they said, well, I, I couldn't, they wouldn't let me preach on, they didn't want me to talk about 
marriage issues because it would be offensive. So the, they saw the thing coming and just retired. Said, I, I'm just going to retire. This is, I, I hate to be in your Then a third pastor called me and said, well, I was going to talk about it, but you know, I, was, I, I wasn't as bold as you. I was a little scared to do it. So I, I kind of gave a little cheer at the end that we need to notice this happened, praise God, and didn't say anything else about it. And I got a, it, what the pastor said was, I got away with it. And, but I have to be real careful, but I wish I could do what you did. And so you've got churches that I'm not talking about all pastors I'm talking about. All of them, three of the four come from spirit-filled churches. Oh, really? Yes. And they're spirit-filled, quote, pastors. One of them comes out of the denomination. And the one in the denomination is the one that threw it in a little bit at the end and then prayed kind of like a Hail Mary. Let's see if I don't get fired, you know, and just threw it in the end. But was he said, I did it so late in the service that people were already going out the door. I don't think I offended anybody. Oh. <laughs> I mean, today what happened was there was a, the, the denomination churches are dead. Then you've got the spirit filled lay witness movement, Holy Ghost church movement. But now we're, we're years from that. And now you've got those non-denominational churches. I, I, there's, there's something that's happened to the boldness, something that's happened to the dynamite, something that's happened to the nuclear power core. Do you sense any of that today in the church? Absolutely. It's, it's a sad state of affairs. It it's, it's fearful, isn't it? it what, is. what would be your thought process? How, do we, how would we reinvigorate, how, how could we have that camp meeting experience and, and that, that in the dark living room experience where the Holy Ghost would come and hit some of these lay people and, 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 and pastors again, we're going to have to have a movement of the Holy Spirit again for this new generation because we're, we're, we're getting a little far removed from 50 years ago. The lay witness thing isn't what leads it any longer. But the, those pastors, the fear they had is not unfounded because no, you spoke about it. We made a big deal about it, and we did lose some people over it. We did, and, it I, has, and so it, it's not unfounded, but it's not a reason not to celebrate it. As for me, I, I don't think we have a choice but no. to stand up. If we don't Absolutely. stand up for this, they're going. I mean, these are simple decisions. You can read the history of the Bible. There's nowhere in the Bible that he wants to take a child. No. So no. he did. In fact, he says, "I never thought of it." And if we stop speaking there, and we stop speaking here, and we stop speaking there. I mean, the devil's got our tongue then. Yeah, right. You spoke of a remnant. Yes. Yeah. I hate that, that we have right. to be a remnant. I want us to thrive and be the people. But over and over again, that's had to happen in the Bible. God wants a pure people. He does. And it's the pure people that will give the hope in their, of, of, of the future. I, I was just thinking the, uh, the thing that was so exciting to people, I think, in the beginning was the fact that the Holy Spirit has, has such a new mm -hmm. person to them and we're not familiar with his power. I did not know anything about the gifts or his fruit. It was all there in the word, but mm -hmm. I just didn't see it somehow. So then we began to be aware and it was thrilling and wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then there are abuses, and people right. get a little uneasy, and some of the churches got very uneasy, yeah. especially when deliverance ministries began. Oh, my, yes. And yeah. then uh, I think, to my knowledge, I have not been a part of a church where prophetic gifting was exercised to any extent. And we didn't hear a whole lot about apostolic teaching mm -hmm. 
but those things have still been functioning. And Absolutely. I, I notice mm-hmm. that a magazine like Charisma, for instance, right. uh, provides a common uh, foundation for people who are very much aware that these giftings all need to be recognized and practiced. And then uh, now there's all the social media, which I'm pretty ignorant about, but it's But the social there. media is really, right. a lot of it, the social media, where it seems to have put some of the quash of what, it, it's one thing when you thought, well, what did my pastor think if I get a little radical for Jesus or my neighbor? Now it's like people are afraid of what everybody, my bosses are gonna know because they can watch me on social media, my friends, my family, just anybody in the public can. So people have kind of put a lid on themselves because of what others will think about who they really are in Christ Jesus. There's and I'm thinking, pattern. yeah, I'm thinking, why, I mean, be real. Uh, we interviewed a for another show we did recently. Um, it was really powerful. We had a young couple in here uh, that pastor at the Rhodes Church. And man, it's a dynamic church. And they are the worship pastors there at the Rhodes Church. I'm looking over for my notes on it here. And, and, I was talking to the, we're interviewing multiple worship leaders from Southern Illinois, just saying that these young worship leaders have a passion right now. There's something stirring in our area amongst the younger worship leaders. And I can name about six churches. And and and, and this pastor, this senior pastor of this church is on fire, so I'm not worried about that. But, but some of these worship leaders are much hotter than their pastors because the worship leaders are wanting to see something fresh. They're wanting to see a fresh Azusa Street. They're wanting to see not, not Azusa Street, but a fresh Azusa Street. They're wanting to see a fresh lay witness mission. And and they're willing not to, pouring. yeah, they're not into stuff. They're willing to strip things down and all that stuff. And and what, what they said to me was, I, I asked them to explain uh, kind of the whole concept of, of how people see ministry today. And, and she said that the young people today are able to see everything because of the way media works. But people today are looking and hungering for a faith that's real, raw, and organic. They want something that's not that's anti-performance. Yeah. They want something, they're tired of the facade. The problem is so much of everything is a facade. They're skeptical of everything initially when they look at it. And then she said, they looking for things, these are young people, looking for things that are consistent, vulnerable, and real. And so they're willing to try everything to find that, which is getting them caught up in stuff. And they said the problem is they want to connect. When young people today see things, they see straight through it. They kind of go, "Oh, you're not. You're a Christian. I may not be into that yet, but I read your Bible enough to go. You're not doing what your Bible says you're doing. And so I'm not interested in that because it's not working for you. So a lot of people are rejecting our faith because they look at us and then they see us as not being good salesmen for what we offer in Jesus Christ. We don't have any power. The vacuum does not suck. Yeah, right. You know, the vacuum doesn't work. You know, the product doesn't pick up. It doesn't do what we said it does because we just kind of preach it on the surface, but it doesn't have any dunamis, the power, or it doesn't have the ability to change a family backwards. And I, I think that's wrong. I think that we, you can hear from your lives, my lives, ours, the power of the gospel to be sold out can change everything. But, but the world's looking for that, but they can't find it right now in the church because we're too worried about what they think in social media. And I don't know how we're going to break that. What's it going to take to do that? That same Holy Spirit. Yep. The yeah. same Holy yeah. Ghost. Yeah. I totally agree with that. <laughs> the uh, resurrection power. Yeah. Yes. What, what's amazing is Evelyn says she, she made decisions to stay home. Yeah. 
and her and husband stay home, be at home. But I've not seen anybody that leads more efforts and more campaigns than you. I've been here 13 years. You've led the, the day of prayer stuff for the region. You have led campaigns for this and that in Bible studies on Tuesday. And, and what other, give us some ideas, some of the activities you've been involved in just in the last 10 years. Golly, it's crazy how many things you're involved in. <laughs> she uses a copy machine here more than anybody on staff because she's sharing stuff and getting stuff prepared for classes. I mean, you, you say that, well, I chose to be a homemaker. You did, but you've also been a spiritual giant, a leader in this region. So tell us about some of the things, what, what are you doing at, at, at this point in time? You're still doing your Tuesday class? I, I don't keep track. I yeah. just, you, know, you just do it. Just, you just do, just it. do it. Whatever God is doing, I just try to listen up and whether somebody's doing an event or a funeral dinner here, she's here. Jerry's the same way. Jerry, you've stayed involved in things over the years as well. So you guys, uh, you know, I too was, I've been in a Bible study that I mean, uh -huh. for 50 some odd years yeah. and my spiritual mother, she died about two years ago. She was 98 years old, you know, and I thought I've got, you know, I'm the old lady now <laughs> and I got to have some chicks underneath my wing that I'm training up because we need we need intercessors and we need people that's going to stand for the Lord and stand for what the word says no matter what you know yeah. and we got to learn to stand on the small things or we'll never be able to stand on the big things you know right. absolutely then that was that that's my next question the question right here is who were your mentors who were your mentors that got you here so tell us about yours first because you just mentioned them well her name was Ivaline and uh I knew her for about 50 years, and she prayed and prayed and prayed for my family and vice versa. You know, her dad was an old-time Methodist minister, you know, and uh, and and uh, different ladies. You know, I've had I've had lucky to have four or five older ladies that had been with that the Lord for a long time. That have spoken to you time, and really changed. That I was the same age as their kids. Right. You know, I'd go have coffee with my girlfriends. They was all like 40 years older than me. You know. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> They were strong in the Lord, and they trained me. And you know, they'd tell me, "Honey, teach this Bible class." And I'm, t you know, they're just training me to teach a Bible class, and they're acting like they don't know nothing, you know. Right. right. But uh, they're working you. Yeah, really. <laughs> you know, but uh, we've got to have some mentors. We've got, you know, I got to act like I got to live like what I read in the Bible. That's right. You know, yeah. if, if, if you, you got to pass can, the baton, and you got to yeah. plant. Yeah. Right. And if I don't train up my kids in the ways of the Lord, I've flunked the test as far as I'm concerned. That's right. You know, yeah. and uh, we, ha we have a lot of mentality today that I'm just going to live out my faith. But if you live out your faith without being reproductive, then you've not really lived out your faith. Evelyn, who, who, who mentors in your life? Has there been people that have been hugely influential, people that have been uh, helpful to you as you've grown in your faith? I'm sure. I will leave out people. No. <laughs> Probably. The Bible study became a nucleus for people. And coming, coming into an awareness of the Holy Spirit's work uh, drew people together. It was kind mm -hmm. of like magnets. I was singing in the choir in those early days and I would look out over the congregation and I could see them. They were just like, yeah. they're sitting there with their ears perked up and yeah. their big smiles and they're, they're eager and you could just see them. So then you could go get acquainted. And the Bible study has been a, a good place to kind of come together 
and the composition of it has changed through the years. We have more people in heaven now than we have here. That's true. But we have new people coming, which is wonderful. There have been weeks in this church where they've had 90th birthday parties on a regular basis. <laughs> Maybe our, our 100th even. You've had all kinds of birthday parties. I'm talking about uh, uh, ladies have gone the distance together and encouraging each other in that. And I love that. A mentoring group, almost an encouraging group. Allie Howard was probably the most diligent Bible teacher. So she really was an inspiration in that. Helen Wright had such a love affair with the Lord. She was unique in that. She was a prayer warrior, first rate. Wow. She's a good friend of Myron's. She began a group called Southern Illinois Intercessors that just focused on praying for pastors. Praise God, we need it. And uh, the pastors are in trouble right now. I'm going to tell you right now. Pa I'm speaking for Marion, Heron, Carterville. Pastors are in trouble. It's it's the most it's the most challenging thing to be. I I wouldn't I wouldn't wish anybody to become a pastor today because it is it, you you better be called. And your spouse better be with you in the call or don't do it. Because number one, it's, it's very difficult. And number two is I, the number of pastors that are getting out because they know they can't take the heat now are, is amazing. And the rest serving burnout are incredible. It, the, the pastoral field's in trouble in this region. Probably everywhere. Yeah, probably so, but definitely here. But maybe God is refining I, I totally agree with that. I, I don't think it's a bad, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just a sad thing. It's sad in the sense that I believe the Holy Spirit could bring all those things in. It, it could, it could sustain. It's like when, when you were in, when you're in prayer, when they put the mobile home, gotta go listen to part one, when they put the mobile home over the basement and you were, you were fearful all the time about your, your toddler falling into it. But then when they filled it in, you were, you were, you were, you were much better. If, if they would, if these pastors say, if we just filled the Holy Ghost in to those cracks that we're concerned about, and we would get the foundation of the Word of God in our lives, we could stand up and preach the gospel, rain, hail, sleet, or snow. I think, I think the Holy Spirit is at work, and I believe these young worship leaders are, are what's that word that means in the forefront? If yeah. Van, what's in van, the, vanguard? In the vanguard. In the vanguard. But the spirit is moving. It, I, I agree with that, but it's sifting and it's cutting right now. And I wish I could find the scripture. Maybe Beth can find it. But there's a scripture that says that it always moved me. I grew up around men's ministry with Fred Bishop, and Fred's going to do this show on mentoring as well, on, on Well Done. But I, I just have that scripture uh, that Roger Life uses a lot. I, it's in the Old Testament. It's, it, it says that uh, these great men of God, that they set their faces like a flint. Yeah like a flint or they had the face of lions as they took on this battle. I, I, we, we as men and women of God that are filled with the Holy spirit, we are going to have to get some flint back in our stones, you know, flint stones. It will come because it's necessary. It's, yeah. And the remnant are the ones that have that. And that's, what's going to stand up. And it's the flint stones. It, it's that's where the lighthouse is. And, and guys, our society is sinking, but the lighthouse stands. And at some point in time, look, they laughed at Noah, while he built that ark for 100 years, he took 100 years. People don't realize it, it was a 100-year building. 
120 years. 120 years to build it. Yeah. They laughed at him. You look stupid building an ark on a hill. You Can you imagine his whole kids and generation? You bunch of idiots. You know, they laughed at him, laughed at him. And they were not laughing when the water hit the door line. They were banging on that door. You know, when God gave him the directions for that in such detail, <laughs> he had he had to know that was from God. So he had to. I mean, can you imagine how that encouraged his faith? Oh, you know, when my. When you get such minute details on building something from yeah. the Lord. Absolutely. Yeah. Isaiah 57, thank you, honey. Prophesy the resolute nature of Jesus to the face to face the cross and attain the glory set before him. Here it goes. Listen to this. For the It's Isaiah 57. For the Lord God helps me, therefore I am not disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Yeah, Romans 12.1, I shall not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't know why my colleagues, I don't know why our leaders of the church are in this mode that we want to, we're afraid that we're going to be embarrassed on social media or we're going to be ashamed because we're not woke enough. If you have Jesus Christ, you're alive. You don't need to be woke if you're alive. I, I think it's important for us to realize that anybody who is in a leadership position becomes a target. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and I think there's been a lack of prayer for those and a lack of undergirding and support. And they've taken so many arrows that, you know, the best man of God can take arrows. It's, the it's whole book of time. Psalms is David whining about what happened to him and oh my gosh and thank you Jesus or thank you Lord that you got me through but if you read the book of Psalms David's I mean he, he's he's whining about it and telling how God got him through but it was bad over so, and, over. and he was God's friend mm -hmm. but the good thing was he had enough of a relationship right. with God that when he was wrong he could get corrected and when he was when people attacked him he could finally fall back on that concrete that relationship and his face could be set. I, I am wanting, I would like to share two things about prayer if there's time. No, you go for it because it's your turn. I would like to say to young mothers on the basis of my mother, she wanted a baby really bad. She'd been married two whole years and she <laughs> did not have a baby. And I am the result of that yearning for a baby. I was born the hottest year on record, 1936. Wow. Uh, she uh, had a very hard delivery, and all of my grandmother's friends would say, you'll never raise her, she's too poor, because I'm bony, I've always been bony. <laughs> the gene pool. My mother prayed. She determined she would raise her baby, and she did, and I would, say to young mothers today, God does not forget those early prayers. I am a firstborn. I am 86. I have been healthy all of my life. I've had a few, you know, the measles and that stuff right. along the way, but in the main, I'm very healthy. And uh, God has just been really f wonderfully kind to me. And I think he is still answering my mother's early prayers. That's great. Yeah. My siblings are also blessed by that same mother. But she was so fervent because she was so challenged <laughs> as a young mother uh -huh. that I was too skinny and she couldn't, she couldn't raise me, but she did. And God heard her. Mm. So there's that. On the basis of hearing these women on Tuesday mornings who are from various denominations through the years, 
I want to encourage small groups. I think they are a very healthy uh, combination for people to have really intense prayer. And pray for the pastors. Pray for the other leaders. Pray for your families. Mm. Pray for each other. It is such a powerhouse. I couldn't say it enough. That's very good. So I was going to ask you. Uh, I, have, I that that was well said. I've got my my follow up question was, and I was going to lead into that was, the core truths that you have. This would be for you a core truth that you've learned. I was going to ask the question, uh, what is a core truth that's guided you? And and that is the prayers of your mom, that's guided you. And I guess speaking that into other people would guide you forward as well. And then and being and being a part of small groups, and that's why small groups have been so significant in your life. Are there any other core truths for you that you'd like to communicate out that have been really core? If you had to say, my foundation's made of this, this, and this, to, what would you say? To know the word of God yeah. is infallible. Yeah. And God is sovereign. Those, those are things that I consider bedrock. I believe... That is what really steadied me in college when I was really shaky. I have to have a relationship with God. I I could not imagine surviving otherwise. Know the Word of God is infallible. He is sovereign and and that relationship. It is a growing relationship, but it needs not to be. Probably my relationship with him is stronger now than it's ever been. I'm alone. I have good kids, and I have many friends, and I'm blessed. But to have time alone with the Lord is uh, probably the first time in my life I've just been truly alone, and I find it to be an exciting Wow. Growing time. Isn't that bad? Same mm-hmm. way. Yeah. yeah, same way. What would be the core, what would be cores for you okay. if you were sharing? So what are those core foundation components? Uh, the same as her. You know, you have got to pray and you have got to read your Bible. And me, I have got to go to church. <laughs> you know? And you, you yeah. yeah. And uh, it's very important to pray. I've got up at daylight or before for 30, 40 years, you know, just... And you've got to read the Bible so you know you can't stand on the promises of God if you don't know what they are. That's my main thing. I'm standing on the promises of God. But you've got to read his word to know what the promises are if you're going to stand on them, you know. I I was driven up this morning at (laughs) 6. I I got up just to ask God if he was unhappy with me. You know, what have I done, you know? Yeah. You know, I've, I've, you know. I just yeah. got up to ask him. I I woke up and I, I as the door turns on his hinges, so a slugger turns his bed. Yep. I got up and went to the bathroom. I came back and laid down. Thought that that's normal for me at my age at six o'clock in the morning. And I laid back down and I kind of turned one way and I turned the other way. And then I looked up and I said, "You're wide awake." So I got up and I just thought, "Gosh!" Instead of starting my devotion at eight, I'm going to start it at six <laughs> fifteen. And I went in and just said, "God, why have you got me up? And are are you just do you, are you what have I done?" Where did I miss you? And it's not what I got from God. It wasn't what I expected. God wasn't as, in a, as unhappy as me, with me as I thought. At the same time, God encouraged me. At the same time, I don't know that it helped me yet. I just know he's with me. 
<laughs> you know, he's not forgotten me in that. And, you know, the Lord speaks to us as we read his word and as we pray. Oh, yeah. And if yeah, I've been I've talked to people before when I worked at General Dynamics and they and I would just and the Lord told me and I said and they'd say, I can't believe how the Lord talks to you. If you're his child, he talks to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, you know, we talk to our kids. If we're talking to the Lord and seeking his will and seeking his way, he is going to speak to us if we learn to be to quiet and, yeah. and listen, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know we're reading right now in Daily Walk. We're right now in where we're doing this. We're in we're in we're in Paul and Romans, Romans. and it's nothing but faith. And yeah. I, when I read today's, it was just faith is by righteousness, and, and faith is believing. And as I read that, I I just I I, I believe I'm there. I I'm just not seeing. I'm I'm what I'm frustrated is. Am I failing as a leader? Am I failing as somebody that teaches? Am I failing as a pastor? Am I failing in leading in the community? Because I'm losing friends and, and people are uninspired and this and that. And I'm thinking, man, you're just, I feel like Elijah. Just let me go in a hole someplace. Lord, let me go, you know? And 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 the Lord's like, no, i got plans for you. I said, well, could you at least give me a clue? <laughs> yeah. You know, it would help me go back to sleep, you know? And um, and I just, I just, I read Paul and Paul. You know, Paul went to Rome knowing that he would not come out of Rome, but in Rome, he did the greatest work right. ever. He spread the church to the, un I mean, when he got to Rome, the church met him. And it was the church that he had already started coming across the land. And then the church there becomes prolific, you know. So so I know that while it seems frustrating right now as a remnant, you know, tabernacles are rebuilt, things happen, there's revival. And if worse comes to worse, the Lord comes back, he finds us faithful. The most important is he finds me in my house faithful, but I would sure like to see more people get saved and get on fire like you ladies. I'd like to see more. I just want to be used by God to take ground. I'm sick of the devil taking ground. I'm yeah. sick of him taking colleagues. I'm sick of him taking churches, and I, I just can't stand it. I'm like Papa. I can't stand it no more. So uh, let me ask you guys one more question. One more big question, then we'll, Beth, you throw out anything you want. Lucas, if you've got a question, you jump in here. The biggest challenge, I think we both agree that we're kind of in a remnant phase. What would you see the biggest challenge today as you're talking to people out here, sitting with us, listening, they're hearing your stories. And I think we can all relate to, we all need the Holy Spirit. But what would you say is the biggest challenge facing the young believer or maybe somebody that's seeking the Lord? Maybe they haven't completely found the Lord yet, but they're, they're, they're at, they, they know that there's got to be something better or there's got to be something better than this monotony of life we're in. What would you say the biggest challenge is that you would speak to them in this day and this hour? Because you girls live from simple times to this time. You guys all got your cell phones too. Maybe your cell phones aren't as smart as other people's, but you have seen time change. And, and you know that, to be honest with you, things are faster now. I mean, they're changing so fast you can't hardly keep up with it. But then some things don't change. What would you speak to the young people today what would be mentoring words to them to kind of begin to see God have a turnaround? I think Christians lately in the last few years, they're just so wishy-washy that they say one thing and they do another. And, and kids see this, the young, young people, young kids, even teenagers in your own home. If you're not living what you say, they, they, it's just all foolishness to them. And plus, you know, the devil's at work. He's sending a strong delusion yeah. at the, in the last time, you know, he's, he's, he blinds the eyes of people, but we've got to be real. So you think these young ladies saying that my generation, she's a young worship leader, my generation sees through this stuff. Absolutely. And they're skeptical of the church they see, and the reason they're not biting on it is because they don't see any real acts happening. 
Yeah. Or or or, or the because what they read about, look, priests were messing with kids, right? Then you have now you have seven hundred Baptist preachers messing with kids, uh, messing with people. It just came out. Every time you turn around, and it's not that we don't. I mean, we're all sinners yeah. saved by grace. Everybody can have a flaw, but you just see repeatedly stuff happen. Now you see churches doing weddings of people, whether you agree with same sex or not agree with same sex. There's nothing in the Bible that allows for a same sex message. Right. So if it, it's one thing for the state to do it, but to see a clergy person do it, to see somebody that holds a Bible marry somebody in a lot, over half our denominations are doing it. Right. Well over half of them. To see a person, they look at you and go, whether it's this pastor or another pastor, they just see us as clergy. This clergy is not doing it, but this clergy is. No wonder we're confused. Yeah, You're marrying somebody, your Bible says you can't, you're saying it's, you know, I don't wanna be there, y'all are confused. They don't understand we have different groups, right. but the kids are skeptical, yeah. they're, they're burnt. And so they're now wandering around looking at every nook and cranny, every kind of idol and everything, and they're gonna find they're empty until they come to the real Jesus. Yeah. My question is, will they ever find the real Jesus in this day and age? He will reveal himself. He will reveal himself. He if the will. rocks have to cry out themselves, he'll do it. He will reveal himself. So, so your first recommendation was, we need to, Christians are, are just too wishy-washy. Yeah. I like that. What, what about your, what would be your coaching to this young generation about uh, how to, how, the, kind of the challenges you see them facing? I think the challenge is they've got such an overload of information coming all yeah. the time. Yeah. They're bound to be confused. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, bad, the bad thing is about it, when, when, in our days when you went to school, somebody would write something and then they would footnote it and you could go look at who it is that wrote it and you go, are they an authority on this or not? And you could kind of look at that. Now today is... we. We get our definitions from Wikipedia, which is a online source that anybody, any of us in here can put something in and contribute to, and kids quote that stuff like it's the gospel, you know, and and, and it doesn't necessarily mean somebody knew what they were writing, knew what they were writing. And so I think a lot of stuff today, people get information, but it's not gospel. It, it's not even solid. Well, you I still have thinking. to come back to the word. Yeah, you have oh, to come back to the word. Exactly. But you would change. have to know the word. That's right. Or, but then you've got people looking, like my interpretation is that God's a God of life. God's a God of male and female. And this is, he had a plan for marriage. This other pastor says God is a God of an open covenant and God is a God of you, your choice and your life. And, 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 and they go, how can y'all be reading the same Bible? Right. So I, you can see why people are confused and even because our source looks like Wikipedia now, you know, but I, I totally agree with you that it, it comes back to that, you know, go ahead. I, I, I had a thought. Let me finish one thought. Old school. <laughs> this is old school. I'm using Fred. I'm channeling Fred Bishop right now. Uh, there's a great line in Gunsmoke by Festus. You ever watch Gunsmoke? I think my dad did. Yeah, 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 there you go. That was cool. By, Doc, Doc was the smart one on the TV show. He was the doctor in the town, so he was well-educated. He was, like Alan, he was highly educated, you know? Doc was real educated, and he kept telling Festus, Festus was not the smartest tool in the shed. He was the dumbest one of the bunch. And Doc kept saying, you need to read some books. And Festus said, well, why would I want to read those books? He said, because you'll get smarter. He said, how do you know the person writing them books knew what they were writing about? Boy, good question. And the doc looked at him and said, well, that's a good question. And so so we're in a day and age where you've got information, like you said, I think is very powerful. It's so overloaded. And then if you take your comment, Christians themselves are wishy-washy. You can't get good information or you're overloaded. 
and then you can't even find good ground to stand on. I, th I think the pattern will go so it gets worse and worse yeah. until the, the real item will stand up and Christians who really know the Lord, who's got his peace in their hearts in the midst of whatever shaking's going on, will stand out. That's a good so word of prophecy. As the dark gets Absolutely. darker, the, yeah. the little lights, lights will The sand out. will fall away from the rock and the rocks will be revealed. And mm. at some point, the Holy Spirit will move and declare. Either Jesus comes himself. back or there'll be a revival for the next generation to hear the gospel. I, the I think that's what will happen. And How about you, Jerry? We're getting very close to that. I think we're definitely in the last of the last days. You know, and I, I say this, I'm not an end-time preacher, but I'm a be-prepared preacher. Right. And I can't argue that we couldn't start that at any moment because, you know, Israel's here. We're not, Jerusalem's the capital again. All we got to have is a temple mound, and we are in game ready, you know. They're getting the stuff ready for the temple as we speak. It, it, it's, they got it, a lot of stuff ready to most, go. We were told 10 years ago almost right. all of it's in warehouses. Yeah. They, and what they didn't know 15 years ago who would be the high priest, they now have genealogically found that, and they know who those families are. Yeah. So, okay, it could be another thousand years, folks, but I would I not wait so. on getting my life right with Jesus. And you know, it says that Satan's going to send a strong delusion. He, he's wanting to, to to blind them so they can't see the truth. You know? And right so, now, it's like our church right now. Can, can, you ladies, could you ever imagine, imagine in your life that a church could say, a pastor could say the words at a church service, Merry Christmas. And then worldwide, they would take them down off Facebook and block them. Never. And, and I know what happened. And, and, I know you did. And understand, I did it three times. Yeah. I did it three times. Wrong. And guess what? That went around the world like that. So we're now in a day and age where that gets around. You're right. Everybody, everybody can be influenced by that. And the devil's really fighting right now. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if he's coming or not, but a time like this, I mean, Christians, we need to rise up yes. for such a time as this. I was really encouraged this week. Someone sent me a YouTube message, and I didn't know what to do with it, and so she kindly told me. And a fellow named Dutch Sheets, yeah. who's prophetic, but I'm sure you've heard of, was relating a dream that his brother had. And it was a, a wonderfully encouraging thing. And it's worth the listen. And it was on July 7th. If July somebody 7th. wants to just look at so, so despite things that are rough, both yeah. of you have a bit of hope that there'll be a turnaround, that, that God's well, going to be revealed. The thing that he was, the, the bottom line of that message is God has already sent angels who have battering rams who are going to tear down Baal's roots in the White House. Praise God. Wow. So that might be a radical word. It encourages me greatly because we have we have a great need for our country to get Absolutely. back to its foundation. Absolutely. Yes. And, and we have it nationally. And if those of us we're broadcasting in Illinois, Illinois is rooted deeply in that, deeply in that. And, and, and I do believe there's a movement of God's people here. So. And you might back, Myron went on some of those. So did Helen Wright. There were prayer journeys. To Israel? They walked all the way around the perimeter of Illinois and oh, Henry, to yes. the tent at least 10 key cities mm -hmm. just last week mm -hmm. there was a gathering of people from several different cities just coming together to pray and determine the prayer strategy i am seeing god, god oh. touch people there are people in our church that have had prayers and there's healings taking place 
it, 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 it's amongst the remnant, but God is moving. What we've got to do is we've got to get Christians to come out of the closet and get on the rock right. and take the stand there against the wind and let God be their vanguard. I like your word there. We need to trust God to have us. And I guess I got up this morning wanting God to to, to finish me off. I was kind of hoping when I got up this morning, I, it makes me want to cry. I got up and just wanted God to take me out. I said, "Will you let me? Will you release me? Will you let me? Will you let smoke me now? Will you let me stand down? I'm a failure." And 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 God says, "You just stand, and I've got you." Would yeah. you say maybe you had a spiritual attack this morning? Maybe so, <laughs> maybe so. But I, I and and I don't have a quitting bone in my body, so I didn't really want to quit. But I just felt like, Lord, if I'm in your way, just take me out. A pity party. Yeah, I was at a pity yeah, party. Maybe a little bit. And and I can kind of when you say vanguard, I think Christ is looking for people that will stand just so He can be the vanguard and His glory will be revealed. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You girls got give us your last remarks. Is there something you not got to say? Share, Beth, questions, Lucas, any questions? These guys have been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Anything, Jerry, you didn't get out, you need to get out? It's simple to me. Just you gotta keep your eyes on Jesus. You gotta mm -hmm. you gotta pray and you gotta read your Bible so you know what the word says yeah. and live by it. Yeah. You either live by it or you don't. Get yeah. in, get out, or get run over. You know, you can't right. you yeah. can't go down the middle of the road. It's dangerous. That's you know? what I told him this morning. I said, You just gotta your job is just to preach the gospel. That's it. And yeah. God's job is to defend it. That's right. That's right. Amen. And, That's right. and to defend him. She lectured me this morning. I, I I came clean with her a few hours later. I came in the room, she said, Well, you've been up and I Finally, I told her kind of what all God was on my heart, and I was told I was down and all this stuff, and and then she she said, "Well, I got a word for you," That's you it. know, and she kind of picked me up a bit. We all have, we all have down times, and you know, my daughter, you know, I've had a pity party or two, and she get right in my face, and she tells me exactly, "Thus saith the Lord," you know, and we've got to encourage each other. That's why we need a church body, and that's why we need prayer groups, you know. That's right. But. Uh, the target we, is on the target is on on pastoral. God, <clears throat> the devil is going after the root of pastoral leaders. When yep. I started ministry, there was a challenge early in my day, but then, you know, I, I fought those back and the devil quit eating in my lunchbox, but he would eat in everybody else's lunchbox around me. And I got where I was comfortable. I could see that, but I can feel he's the, the devil's not just eating in my lunchbox. He has gone in my deep freeze and he is up in my pantry and he got my MRE rations in the back and he's been messing with all those things. And he got ants in them too. And I can see that. And he's, and he's not only that, I see him eating all my friends. Now I don't have a quit bone in my body, but I wish he'd take me out. So, so I, it looks like this morning he wasn't going to finish me off. And so I'm thinking, Lord, this is another fine mess you've gotten us into. I got to keep going. So Lord have mercy. And then my wife tells me, you just hold the line. And then we had a brother in our church. He got, God healed him. Kerwin gave me a word a couple of weeks ago. And I remember I made him come back and he says, you just keep preaching the sweet, the Lord will tell you, keep preaching the sweet gospel. And I need to hear that that Sunday. And uh, that one Sunday, a couple Sundays ago, I was distressed in the back. I just want to tell you the nature of these ladies. I was distressed in the back. I could not focus. We had two crises going on and I prayer walked till I'm in harmony and I was nowhere near harmony. And Evelyn came over and put her hand on my chest. And the moment she put her hand on my chest, my body went to peace. Mm -hmm. And it, before you even spoke to me, it, it was like the sea laid down on me. Just, and then she gave me a word <laughs> and I said, well, I needed that. So, and, uh, she, I made, she came up and gave it to the whole church. Praise God. Yeah. So you cannot do this without people praying for you on your behalf and mentoring, no matter how, how strong we are at times, 
Um, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the body of the church. Yeah, what you need to know is I didn't have any idea what was going on. <laughs> oh, man. But God. Yeah. Can I? Yeah. It just gently impressed me that I should go put my hand on you and pray. And I didn't have any idea what to pray. So I let the Holy Spirit do the praying. We, we, we've been having we i had people i i pray over everybody in the back kind of come into harmony on it i couldn't get into harmony on that we were having we've been having for about a month and a half broadcast problems we'll, we'll throw our broadcast up on the morning and it won't bite up on youtube or this and then what happens is we have some very good people all over watching us now in the phil in thailand and michigan and all over and so when that broadcast doesn't hit a lot of them will send me a text and go we can't connect with you we're off and so i was get i, I was distressed about something i was praying about and we it didn't we we actuated and it should be working lucas it's working and then it's down and then i'm getting bombed by people going hey we're not connected we and i love every one of them and i'm like man they need to be in this and so i get thinking about they're not connecting and thinking about this problem and all of a sudden i've lost sight of christ in the process yeah. and 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 i just I, I just get online and just praying for this praying for you just like i pray for them i try to say well, i'm praying for you think and but i got trapped in it with with people i was concerned right. and and i i got i just got worried about them and and i guess it just when you grabbed a hold of my heart it's funny as soon as you did that i got the platform he got everything everything all of a sudden got fixed this week we had almost the same thing happen and we, it was like nine minutes before he got off the platform lucas was wanted to know we fixed that one of them just started working we couldn't even explain it so the devil's attacking us through some of the things right now just to distract and, and throw you off well, that's quite a learning experience because sometimes it evidently hinges on one person's obedience. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And and that person doesn't even know what's going on. Right. right. Yeah. Because I know the word that we have is not just for people here, but here listening. But what's cool is you came over and touched me was simply because I needed to get calm enough to get there and make a difference. And the thing was, everything turned out fine and was live. So it, 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 it God used the body there to make it happen. Yeah. keep your eyes on jesus he knows yeah because the yeah. part the different parts are important because as a if i didn't care i was like well i don't care if they get it or not you know but i do care because i i think that word that i have could be the word that's for them for that day from the lord and i was panicked about a couple people because i had been praying about the word for that day and there was two people i knew we were watching online that was going to be for them and i was distressed that they couldn't get to it and and then when you calm me I took my eye off that, put it back on the Lord, and the Lord solved all the other problems. Right, and that's what you need to do, honey, is it's, just keep your eyes on the Lord. I know, I know, I know, I know. But the Lord loves me because he knows that I'll, he also knows, he also knows that they are important, you know. But he and knows. Peter got out of the boat, and he almost drowned. But what <laughs> Jesus said is, you got out of the boat at least. I always want to be the one out of the boat. Even if I drown, I want to be out of the boat. When he had his eyes on Jesus, he could walk on he water. Walk. When yeah. he looked at the star, psh, but, so but, keep your eyes but a on lot Jesus. of preachers are critical of Peter because, oh, he about drowned. Yeah, the rest of them stayed in the boat. Yeah. The only reason he could have drowned is because he was trying to do something. I would rather almost drown trying to do something for the Lord than sitting in the boat doing nothing. He's not going to let you drown. No. He's not going to. He never has let me drown. I don't know why sometimes that, the devil will get you caught in that cycle and you'll do that. And when you laid your hand on my chest. I, it's just like, it's like the Lord, it's like, it's like one of those TV things, Lucas, when they do the can, go, yeah. it was like, I came right into calibration, you know. And he it, cares more about those other people than you do. I know he does, but I know he does, but yeah. we're, but we're his point, man. We need, people need to be 
uh, they need to realize how important, as you said, prayer, uh, the, the word is and being in fellowship. And for me, for those people that are a little more disconnected, I know how important that time is for them. And at the same time, I got to trust the body that's made up of a lot of parts that can make it happen. So I have, I have an imagery come into mind. I'm for it. <laughs> Whenever the Lord came to Cain after he'd already been disobedient mm -hmm. regarding his offering, the Lord said, listen, Satan is always waiting, yeah. looking for yeah. a place to get in. Yeah. And he'll take it every time you give it to him. Right? But you have got to overcome him. Mm. We have a black snake that comes around our house pretty often, yeah. putting its head up, looking for a place to get in. Yeah. I'm very diligent to keep the door closed. I hope I don't ever forget. But that's such a picture to mm -hmm. me of Satan looking for a weak spot in us. That's yeah. so good. And he knows where the weak spots are in all of us. Yeah. And God knows where the weak spots are. And years ago, a guy named Norman Grubb, I believe, wrote a book. I don't remember the name of it. I remember in it, he said, God uses Satan as a tool. Yeah. I was shocked at the idea. <laughs> No, come on, preach it. I want to hear this. But then I began to realize through the years, Satan is a tool because through his attacks, God puts his finger on a place in us that needs to be Walked shored on. up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or maybe we're not living it out right. quite like we need to be, and he's going to get our attention. And right. So and you need and you need godly prayer intercessors like you in the church. They're, these ladies are all in our prayer room. You need a godly partner in life sometimes to remind you that. Mm -hmm. And you can't get that if you're not in fellowship with godly people. Well, and that was something else we talked about this morning. I don't remember what it was specifically, but my comment was God allowed that to happen mm -hmm. yeah. for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, it couldn't have happened unless he allowed it. Yeah. yeah. And so there, there was a reason that he did. And I don't remember what it was, but it's, yeah. it's always some sort of refining. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Right. And, you know, every time Satan hits us, when we overcome that, we get stronger. Yes. You know, and just every time evil hits us or we we overcome something, we're getting stronger and stronger in the right. Lord. You so know, you just got to determine, I'm, yeah. I'm going to keep That's moving it. forward. Yep. We're going to go through these, you know, and, and but we're going to keep moving forward. Yeah. We're just. That's it. Yeah. Fantastic. You can see out there, guys, as we wrap this up, you can see why these two ladies are ones I would want to have a part of a well-done Lives Live Well. <laughs> they're not even done. They're, they're giving class today. And we're going to watch out for that black snake around this church named, named the Keep devil. Your Keep your door closed. Keep your prayer covering on. Stay on the foundation where he can't dig in under you. And, and just trust the Lord and let him be the refiner's fire for us. And I like the fact that sometimes the devil, I mean, for God used Job and showed him the devil just a tool for, for me to show him uh, what a real faith man of faith is. And uh, I know that. I know people are looking. but And I know sometimes God's just preparing you for the next phase. He says, i got to fix some cracks and holes in you. And uh, sometimes the process isn't fun, though. The refiner's fire finds the flaws and gets out the, 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 the draws, doesn't it? Just it gets like a little hot. Printing the vines, you know? Yeah, yeah it's oh, painful. Yeah, you, it yeah. can stun a plant. You know, when you cut a plant back, it stuns it. Mm -hmm. But in due season, 
it, it, it's yeah. it's much better off. But pruning I, hurts. Pruning hurts, but 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 the the growth that comes right. shows it's worth it. Okay. Thanks for joining us, ladies. Thank you so much, Jerry. Thank you so much, Evelyn, for your time. And you, uh, whether it's been you or Myron or. Uh, Grandpa, or, or we're going to have Fred on another episode here coming up. You guys have just, I think, enriched our lives. And I think people are going to really enjoy listening to this and sharing this. So if, you, if you've enjoyed watching this, make sure you reach out to us. OnTheDoc.org is where you find our podcast. Info at OnTheDoc.org is our email address. I know you've enjoyed this episode. It's just been incredible what these ladies have shared. And we've had them in two different episodes. So make sure you watch them both if you haven't watched if you watch one watch the other get them both in and go back and watch make sure you watch part one with don benetton part two with myron uh Philkins, and look forward to the next one with fred bishop these are lives that are said god just i hear god saying well done for him and uh, you'll find us on all our partners youtube spotify itunes google play facebook roku rumble and sermonet love to hear your testimonies your if you like something they said share something about maybe something spurred something go to social media facebook instagram twitter telegram together we'd love to have conversation with you about that and uh, finally hit subscribe like notify tell us about your experience tell others about it how they can find the podcast we would always love to have you as a patreon partner or friend and as always we're broadcasted out of community faith church we'd love to have you out here for fellowship we meet sundays at 10 o'clock wednesdays at 6 30 you can go to coftv.com find out more about our church or you can watch us on facebook or youtube rumble sermonette we got multiple platforms there now so go check those out we'd love to have you we're in marion illinois but we'd love to have you come out and be a part of our church sometime so again uh, my Mother Beth, did you enjoy this? Oh, yeah. It was, it was great. great. Jerry, great. thank you so much. Gosh, you guys are fantastic. Evelyn, thank you so much. Lucas, great stuff. I, I know you've enjoyed this. I know you've enjoyed them. Check out the rest of the Well Done series and other things on the dock. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back in the studio real soon here on the dock with Pastor